Next on BYU Sports Nation, oh, it's all about winning. BYU men's basketball, women's basketball, and men's volleyball make it a weekend to remember. We go all access with basketball star Tyler Hawes after he scores 30-plus again. And the latest on Eric Mika's injury. When will BYU's freshman phenom play again? Plus, who had the most impressive performance on Saturday? And we play big deal or no deal with six loaded one-liners. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. It is Monday. And after a winning weekend, you know what? It's great to be back to work. Winning. It always helps. BYU Sports Nation live from Studio 2 at BYU Broadcasting. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, wherever and however all of you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Several show starters today. Let's start with the wins. And let's go number one team in the country, men's volleyball. This one was a little bit off the radar, Jerem. Uh, They take care of Northridge in in sweep fashion on Friday, but then they host Long Beach State, the number one ranked men's volleyball team in the country, and the Cougars get it done on their home floor. That was a big win after BYU went 0-2 at Loyola and at Lewis the week before. There were some question marks coming into the week about BYU men's volleyball following a season in which they were number one for a long time, lost the national title match, but... BYU gets a big win. It's conference play. Every conference match in the NPSF is tough. So a big win for the Cougars over number one Long Beach. On Friday, I loved what you did with social media. You threw it out to the fans and said, okay, I'm calling the game tonight. I need, I need some of your best one-liners. So, so there so were a bunch of good ones. And the one that I picked was from at uh, P, P. Norton, who's BYU basketball super fan. He said, that's an honor code violation. <laughs> so I think it was in the second set, Just and I didn't acknowledge it on TV, but I have, I have on this show, uh, just to interact on Twitter. I, Taylor Sander had a big kill, and I said, that's an honor code violation. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and look at that. That was fun. What, what, level, what decibel level did you hit when you said that? Oh, who knows? Were you yeah, one- it's not Seattle Seahawks decibel <laughs> I was level. Say, were you 100 plus? No earthquake was created by my voice or the people around me. I still think you should have said, group hug. Uh, That's from you, and that's a good one. I'll use it later. (laughs) Oh, it's uh, football. Winter weight training, conditioning continues. Senior cornerback Rob Daniel with an amazing tweet this morning. I like this. He said, we work hard. We take this game seriously. I'm excited about this year. All I feel like doing is getting better. It's a new grind. Hashtag focused. A couple of other BYU Cougars that are focused. Daniel Sorensen and Kanye Kuofril in the East-West Shrine game in Florida, Saturday for Eastern on NFL Network. Both of those guys obviously trying to impress the NFL scouts. I think Danny's going to get drafted because he's an incredible gunner on uh, special teams. And NFL scouts have mentioned that to me at BYU's uh, practices, training camps, that he's good enough on special teams to get drafted into the NFL. Kanye Kufril has great size, great build. Will he be a blocking tight end? Probably, if he gets into the NFL. Just trying to improve the, st- the draft stock right there. And then the Marriott Center, for as old as it is, it was rocking on Saturday night. And uh, interestingly enough, you found something really int- uh, really cool in stadium at StadiumJourney.com. Yeah, they, they rated all sports venues in America in 2013. They, they produced the top 100. Number 90 was the Marriott Center. So good job, BYU, uh, BYU students and fans at the Marriott Center. So loud on Saturday night. It's an old venue, but it's not, it's not about the venue itself. It's about what it feels like when you're in there. So when BYU packs that place, it's unique. Austin Colley had a catch in the Patriots' blowout playoff win over the Indianapolis Colts. Good to see him back playing. He will take on the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship. Austin Colley versus, versus the Broncos. Peyton Manning Sunday. and all of the Denver Broncos. Next. Uh, well, you know, I forgot BYU Sports Nation karma, but we'll get into that later. Yes! It lives on. The legend lives on. BYU Sports Nation karma is real. Join our conversation by using the hashtag BYUSN. We're giving you more space to tweet. Comment on our Facebook page and sound off on today's Twitter question, which goes like this. Oh, yeah. By the way, men's basketball be LMU. Oh, yeah. Who had the most impressive performance in Saturday's BYU Hoops win over LMU? To me, it's Tyler Haas. And there are lots of candidates, but Tyler Haas turns it on late, gets 31 BYU wins. Was it Collinsworth? Who stuffed the statute again? Was it Matt Carlino off the bench? Was it Josh Sharp in a starting role? Weigh in using the hashtag BYUSN. I make my case for Matt Carlino. And, and I do it because he's had two good games in a row. 
And we'll get into more of that in just a bit. But Matt Carlino, in his new role, coming off the bench and dropping 18 points, as good as Tyler was. Matt Carlino, I believe, is the most impressive performance on Saturday. Let us know where you're, twi- where you're listening to the show, by the way. We'd love to know. You can Across always BYU listen Sports to Nation. BYU Sports Nation weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Access our show on demand at BYURadio.org, or you can always catch the rebroadcast if it's more convenient weekdays at 7 Eastern. Rise and shout, BYU Sports Nation. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. The Tyler Takeover. For the second straight game, Tyler Haas goes 30-plus, 35 against Pepperdine on Thursday, 31 in a win over LMU on Saturday night. And he did it by turning things on late, both games. I mean, the Pepperdine win, he absolutely just said, okay, we're not losing, we're winning this game, I'm going to score 11 straight. So Five minutes left, it's a two-point game. Yeah. Takes over. Against LMU, he had more of a team effort, but still... He came on strong in the second half and closed. That's what he does. Tyler Hawes is a closer taking over the game late. You know, I think late in the game, teams get tired, and um, I'm able to find my rhythm a little bit. Um, but definitely when, when we play defense and, and get stops and we're rebounding, that, that creates opportunities in transition. And teammates did a good job of getting me the ball. Matt find, found me a few times. Okay, Jeremy, he's your most impressive performance for Saturday night. Why? Because BYU needed him. BYU need what? What did we talk about following the four-game losing streak? We talked about who is the leader. You can't have multiple leaders. You need a guy to lead. We knew that Haas was the on-court leader, and he he grew on that because he wasn't just getting his average of twenty-two-ish a game. He was getting to the stripe and pushing into the thirties. And BYU needed that. I believe he hit his last five shots. I believe he was 5 for 14, finished 9 for 19. A tremendous effort from Tyler Haas, taking over, getting BYU wins without Eric Mika, which we'll mention in a moment. But more impressive to me, almost, was the fact that off the court, you could see that he has started to take over the vocal leadership as well. You see, we talked about how he got a finger in Eric Mika's chest before Thursday's game and said, we need you, we need you to get back. We need you the rest of the season. BYU needs that. They need Tyler Haas as a vocal leader off the court, too. Vocally, statistically, he is the current leader on the BYU team. 66 combined points over the last two games, 35 and 31. And what's crazy is he has a chance to pass Jimmer for dead to become the all-time scoring leader in BYU basketball history. He doesn't have to do anything crazy. Just keep it up. And he'll be the WCC Player of the Week, no doubtedly. Announced later today. Okay, so if he might be the West Coast Conference Player of the Year if he continues to do what he's done, and that that's saying something because with the zero and two start and how shaky things were for BYU and for Tyler specifically, man, what a turnaround that he's had. He's he's garnering some serious attention in the conference and and starting to uh, get that national exposure that uh, he deserves. We talked to Tyler after the game, two-on-one. Jeremy and I do this after every home game with the BYU players, and uh, we just wanted to break down how they got things done against LMU, and Tyler, in his humble, quiet uh, fashion, was nice enough to talk to us again. Okay, Tyler, 31 points tonight, 66 in the last two games. What's gone right the last two games for you individually? Um, you know, I think I've been able to find a rhythm late in the game. I haven't got, gotten off to the best starts in either game, but um, found a little rhythm late, and I've been able to get to the free throw line. So, uh, and my teammates are doing a great job of finding me and getting me the ball where where I can put it in the hoop. Tonight it was passing Jonathan Tavernari. What did that mean to you? Oh, I, you know, JT was one of my teammates. He's a great guy. I've uh, got a lot of respect for him. So, okay, so you start 0 and 2 in conference. You're now 3 and 2. At any point, did you think that five games into the season, after an 0 and 2 start, you would be back up near the top of the conference gosh you know anything can happen in this conference there's lots of good teams and um you know our conference has helped us out a little bit um but i I feel like we're learning a lot about ourselves right now and uh trying to fix some things and uh, we're just trying to get better so far it's road games home games it's kind of define what's going on what did you learn about those first two road games that you can put into play in the bay area next week 
Um, just that we got to be ready to play, and we got to we got to be focused right from the start. And I think uh, defensively, we got to have the right mindset. And I, I feel like in both of these these last, our I mean, all three home games, we we've put together a good defensive effort um, and had the right mindset. And so we got to we got to transfer that to the road games. Tyler, obviously, BYU is is a winning program. You've gone through some struggles and kind of fallen out of the national spotlight a little bit. Do you kind of like where you are in, in terms of uh, kind of flying under the radar right now? Yeah, no, I, I, I like where we're at. Um, it's we, there's still lots of games to play, and uh, we know the challenge that's ahead of us, and um, we're sticking together and, and trying to make it work. Where's the Where's the confidence level of your team? Like, in the, what's it like in the locker room after a win like tonight? Oh, everyone's happy after a win, and but I, I think there there's lots of things that we can learn. Uh, even though we did win, I mean, there's lots of things we can get better at, and so we got to uh, take care of those things and uh, hopefully transfer it to the road. What music was playing in the locker room after today's win? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there was any music. <laughs> lots of clapping and and jumping up and down. How do, how does a BYU team celebrate in the locker room after a win? Um, you know, Coach Rose actually, he used to come in like running and he'd jump on someone. Um, but, you know. What's that like? <laughs> oh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't realize how big of a guy he is until he's <laughs> on top of you. But, um, I mean, yeah, we just clap and, and run around a little bit. More importantly, what do you think of the training staff as they stand nearby? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're killing me right now. I need to go get treatment. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. Okay, two things. First, Dave Rose jumping on a pile or, I or jumping see on that. a pile. I, I I wish so much I could I could see that. Victory! <laughs> the second is Tyler's slow starts and finishing strong. He's not focused on thirty-one points or thirty-five points. It's all about what I could have done better. That's unique. That that makes Tyler Hawes great because as good as he plays in certain stretches and and however strong he finishes, he's always thinking about, well, I, I, miss, I miss some of these open shots and I, and I could have done this better. He's a perfectionist, and that's what makes him great. He scored 31 points, Spencer, without making a three-pointer. Man. He, had thir- he was 13 of 14 from the line. That's what gets him into the 30s. The most impressive performance like that that I've ever seen was Jimmer Fredette's 52 against New Mexico. With one free throw. With one free throw. That was unbelievable. Amazing. That, so, was, that was single-handedly the greatest individual performance in BYU basketball history, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, it's the, yeah, the most in a game. So when you look at uh, what Tyler Haas and Kyle Collinsworth are doing, this is interesting. Because as freshmen, they had a different role with, with uh, BYU playing with Tyler Haw, or uh, uh, Jim Fredette, Jackson Emery. Kyle Collinsworth was a role player. Maybe get some rebounds, pass the ball, maybe get a layup or two. Tyler Haas was a 10, 12-point scorer as a freshman. But now you're seeing these guys blossom, and they are good players. We'll ask BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler about Tyler Haas and his impact on this team and on the BYU program and his legacy in about eight minutes right here on BYU Sports Nation. For now, let's keep it rolling. Topic 2. Maddie Nice. Carlino for 3. Oh, how sweet it was to watch Matt Carlino find his groove again. And it had been a while. Welcome back. Interesting few weeks for Matty basketball. So dubbed by Seth Greenberg of ESPN, former basketball coach of Virginia Tech. 18 points, great stat line. And his comp, you could just see the swagger back. I love during a timeout, I saw him dancing to the music that was playing in-house in the Marriott Center. And I was like, wow, that's telling. Because Matt, Matt does not show a lot with his body language. But he was amped up the entire game from beginning to end, running up and down the bench, high-fiving players, yelling at his guys to keep it up, you know, keep going. And then to see him dancing in the, in the team huddle when they were finding success, uh, success in the second half was, was really telling. There's, it seems like uh, okay, there's X amount of space for shots and points and leadership and all these un, some quantifiable un, some unquantifiable things. Just put your hands in the air, you know, space them out. You have X amount of space for this stuff. For some reason, Skyler Halford did not fit into that, right? 0 for 5 
on Saturday. But in its place came Matt Carlino. I think that both of them can thrive. But Matt Carlino made up for what Skyler Halford had done the previous two games by getting in the zone, by feeling confident. Now, what did we see on Saturday that was different? It was a controlled Matt Carlino. It wasn't rushed. He passed up a bunch of shots he would have taken a couple games ago where he'd pull up and everyone... what. The fans wanted him to shoot a couple times where he didn't. But he's more controlled. That's the coaches in his ear, hoping that he plays this kind of game. Now, I'm not sure that this is the kind of game he's going to have going forward every game off the bench. But the fact that he could play that game when BYU needed it, because he carried BYU in the first half. BYU needs that. They're going to need that on the road. Tyler Haas and Kyle Collinsworth were on the bench at the same time. With three fouls in the second half. And who, who I looked at you and I said, who's, who's going to score? Gonna score? Who's going to score right now? It was like Sharp, Worthington, Winder, Carlino, yeah, and somebody else. I can't remember. Halford? Maybe Halford. Are those two on the... Collinsworth and Haas on the bench together, both with a little bit of foul trouble. And I said, who, who is going to score? What does BYU do on offense right now? Cue Matt Carlino. He, he played one more minute than Kyle Collinsworth did. And, and what happened when, when Kyle and Matt were on the court at the same time? Who ran the point? It was Matt. 31 minutes. Only two minutes less than Tyler Haas, who had the most minutes for any BYU player in Saturday's win at 33. Now, we talked about Tyler's vocal leadership. Okay, it's, it is worlds different for Matt Carlino now. Uh, just over the past few games, I've seen him get in his teammates' faces. In the huddle, he's always saying something. Never seen that from him before. So I asked him about it post-game, when it started. I've noticed that you've taken more of a role as a vocal leader on the bench and in the huddle. When did that transition start to take place? Uh, probably after Pepperdine. You know, when we lost two straight, someone had to step up and kind of take that role. So, I mean, I feel like the guys respond when I talk to them. So, you know, it's, it's been good the last, the last uh, three games now. He recognized the problem and said, I'm going to do something about it. I was so distracted by the band. Celebrate good times. Come on. Focus, uh, Gerald. Uh, Pepperdine. Focus, Gerald. <laughs> so the junior guard, Matt Carlino, started on the bench for a third straight game. An unfamiliar role for him. But he's finding ways to be a leader. They're very vocal, as we've mentioned. He's the guy running up and down the bench. Love to see the high fives. On the floor, he's also taking care of the ball better. Last two games combined, listen to this. Ten assists. Two turnovers. Very nice. Can you do that ratio for me, Jerry? Uh, five to one. Five to one. Ten assists, two turnovers, and of course, the 28 points. Well, guess what? You're going to get the attention of your coach when you do stuff like that. Just tonight, he was just so much more under control and playing within himself. And uh, his line is terrific. He's six for 12, three for five from three, 18 points, four assists. I mean, those uh, 31 minutes, that's that's a good line for Matt. And uh you know, hopefully that's what it's about. It's about guys picking each other up. And, um, you know, tonight Matt came in and really gave us a big lift. Welcome back, Matt Carlino. Topic three. Forget the goggles. Now it's Eric Mika's hip. Now it's Mika down low. And he'll go down again. This is the fifth time I think he's been down on his back here in this game. And Mika is going to... Hobble out now. He's 18 years old, but he, he looks like he's 68 heading to the bench. All 68-year-olds are now upset with Dave McCann on the call. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the BYU-San Diego game, which started the BYU current three-game win streak. Eric got banged up. He sat out against Pepperdine, sat out against LMU, and BYU won both of those games. That was important. So important. And to do it with a, without a huge part of your team. Eric Mika is a game changer for BYU. He's a start of the offense. Yes. He he is true post presence. He creates problems. He demands attention. And so when Eric Mika is not there, you need guys like Tyler Haas to go for 30 plus. You have to penetrate the basketball in a different way. BYU talks about that. I had never realized that, hey, you penetrate through the pass, through the dribble. Those are the other two ways, right? It's not just getting it to a guy via the pass in the post. And you saw against Pepperdine that it took time for BYU to figure out how to do that effectively. LMU was much better. Took, you know, halftime BYU trails, but second half, BYU had it figured out. So we know Eric Mika is a big part of the BYU offense and that him sitting out the past two games has been a, a great concern. 
So what's the deal now? What do we have moving forward? We have some new information, but first we're going to listen to what Dave Rose most recently said about Eric. Well, I think I think the the thing with Eric is that you know he, he wanted to play, wasn't ready to play, and uh, but this was really good for him. Uh, he pushed himself pretty good in the shoot around. I think he pushed himself in the warm ups, uh, but still wasn't in a position to you know give us every, you know give give us the, what we needed. Okay, this is what we know. Eric could have played at, I would say, like 70, 75% on Saturday night if he if he absolutely needed to. BYU, turns out, did not need Eric Mika to play. They win by 23 over LMU. Impressive second half. And a good confidence-building win so that they know they can play when he does get into foul trouble. Because undoubtedly that will happen at some point in the future. What else we know is he expects to play on Thursday. Eric, Eric Meek is probably going to play on Thursday against San Francisco. It, w- it will have been 12 days. And what happened was he struck a nerve. When he flipped over and landed on his hip, when he, when he puts his leg straight, he has a weird kind of sensation associated with that nerve. And so it takes some time to get healed with that. It's one thing to avoid that sensation. It's another to actually have lift off of that and push, said Dave Rose after Thursday's game. And so Eric, ex- Eric Mika expects to play Thursday. Now, he's probably not going to be 100%, but I think that BYU is going to need him against San Francisco, who has some bigs that BYU will have to defend better. But the good news is he's getting better. He's close. It's, it's not there. You know, and it can't be understated that it's it's about more than just one game. It's about moving forward and the season and getting him healthy so that he can really help BYU and, and have an impact on that team. But can you imagine trying to, to jump full steam with how much force and pressure he uses and, and the crazy leaps that he has trying to do that with a hit pointer. Yeah, that's, Brutal. that's tough. And he did everything he could last week. Uh, he, he did x-ray, massage. Acupuncture. Uh, yeah, all kinds of therapy. Chiropractor. Uh, he did everything he could to be able to play. Did not. Luckily, BYU did not need him, but he, he appears like he's, he sounds like he's going to play Thursday. It sounds like BYU hoping he has an impressive performance against San Francisco on Thursday as they seek a rare road win this season. Who had the most impressive performance for you in Saturday's BYU Hoops win over LMU? Send your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN at LazerSheep. Tweeting in, he says, look, oh, actually, it's at Cougar Sports Fan. Collinsworth had the most impressive performance. Hard arguments, KC. We're back with more. And Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst on BYU Sports Nation after this. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! The statistical and now vocal leader of BYU basketball, Tyler Haas, welcoming us back in 66 points combined in his last two games. Yeah. Hashtag the Twilight Zone. With Wondering Haas. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can also follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Tonight on True Blue, big show. Junior quarterback Taysom Hill, yeah, junior now with football, is in studio. He'll talk about what he's doing to prepare for 2014, what the men's basketball team has done to win three games in a row, and who is replacing All-American Ben Patch on the men's volleyball team. True Blue is at 8.30 Eastern tonight with Dave McCann on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I want to know what created more anxiety for Taysom, making his first career Division One football start or asking the girl that he's going to marry to marry him. I, I want to know the answer to that question. Ask Taysom. Hashtag ask Taysom. I don't feel intimidated. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Over anything. No intimidation factor. Our Twitter topic today, who had the most impressive performance in Saturday's BYU basketball win over LMU? There are four guys in my mind that have a case. Matt Carlino, Tyler Haas, Josh Sharp, and Kyle Collinsworth. Let's ask our first guest today, BYU TV analyst and college basketball expert Blaine Fowler joining BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, you saw the game firsthand. Who had the most impressive performance for you in Saturday's win over LMU? So I have to, when you say just impressive, it's too easy to go with, with Tyler Hawes, and he's just, he just does it so often, back-to-back 30-point games. That would be the easy answer because he was the most impressive. Um, I, I think that Kyle Collinsworth just has an unbelievably 
big impact game after game because he does, does so many things. And I think that maybe I was most impressed with him just didn't do one thing. He didn't just score. He just did everything. The most surprising performance was, was Sharp. And I think that Sharp's performance was needed uh, for them to have the kind of win that they did. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say the most impressive was Kyle Collinsworth. The most surprising was, was Josh Sharp. And then Hawes, he just, just continues to just be great. Maybe, maybe I discount what he did because I just expect it out of him now. That's how good he is. Yeah, that is weird, and he, he's done it in the last two games where he's not he's not in the twenties. He's pushing up into the thirties. He's getting to the free throw line. Which, by the way, free throws have not been a story with BYU the last couple of games. What have you noticed, Blaine? That's been a little different from the stripe for the Cougars, other than actually making them. Well, sometimes it's about who's going to the line, <laughs> not necessarily um, that, that they're making more of them. And I do think that Collinsworth has been focusing and making and making a better percentage. Um, but Hawes has been aggressive with what he's been doing. He's getting to the line. So you think about it. The guy just doesn't miss when he goes to the free throw line. So if he's taking a, a higher percentage of the total number of free throws, then BYU as a team, their free throw percentage is going to go up. So I don't know that it's necessarily they just all of a sudden got better, although I do think Collinsworth is improving as the season progresses. Um, but I think that, that Hawes is just taking more free throws. And the end result of that is BYU's percentage is going to go up because he's awesome. BYU TV analyst, college basketball expert Blaine Fowler joining BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, we're talking about Tyler Haas and, and his expectations. I've noticed that he's taken an increased role in vocal leadership and getting in guys' faces. How important is that for a guy like Tyler Haas to step up in that role for this team to succeed? I think it's really important. He's he's always been just this quiet, kind of not very demonstrative leader just led by example he's always working hard he, you know he stays after and shoots extra shots he comes way before the game and shoots the next 100 or 200 shots so he's led by example but i think this team needed somebody to kind of grab it and and say hey listen this is what we're going to do matt carlino is kind of a vocal guy but he's having a harder time being a leader coming off the bench now he had a great game i think he's been better coming off the bench he played really well he was another part of their success in this last game but but he's not been as, as demonstrative coming off the bench as he was as a starter. So somebody needed to step it up um, that was in a starting role, and I was glad to see. And, and I've seen it kind of come in the last three games where even when he's on the bench and out of the game, Tyler Haas has been very vocal. And it's, I don't know that it's a comfortable thing for him, but it seems like it's becoming more and more comfortable, and I think it's much needed. Do you think it's something BYU will stick with, Blaine, for the games this weekend, bring Carlino off the bench? He's been so good at giving him a boost coming off the bench, and he seems to be more in control when he comes off the bench. His big issue is he gets in the games, and if, he, and if he's hot early, then he starts to take some chances with the ball, gets a little loose with the ball, um, does, does a heat check here and there just to see if he's really as hot as he thinks he is. I think that that's tempered when he comes off the bench. And so they get what they want out of him, and, and they, don't, they don't have that kind of loose play that's caused them problems when he started. So I see him doing the same thing, and I think he's been very valuable to them coming off the bench. He comes in, he brings and he really likes to push the ball. So he takes BYU up a notch, and I think it's been a good a good combination. I like Halford starting, and I like Carlino coming off the bench. Talking with Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Blaine, BYU has won their last two games. They're on a three-game winning streak, but they've done it without Eric Mika. What will this team get back when Mika gets back in the lineup? Well, they, they need him back. He, he gives them an inside presence, and they've had to figure out a way uh, to run their offense a little bit differently, which is good. Now it's going to give them options when he comes back. The early part of the season before he missed these games, it was really an inside-out offense. Everything ran through the post. Throw it into the post. He'll kick it back out. So it was a post-oriented offense um, with the players playing around that. Last couple of games, they've had to be more of an attack off the dribble, ball movement um, type of an offense. So I think having developed that gives them another weapon. So if the post offense isn't working in a game, now they're confident in another style of play. So in the long run, it's going to be a good thing for them. But they're playing teams like University of San Francisco, who they play this week, is a team where, where Cole Diggerson always gives them some problems inside. 
they need his presence not only offensively to force Dickerson to defend, but also to have a defensive presence, another long body in there to defend. And, and Tallis is also a good player inside. So USF is a team that has a good inside-out game, and for BYU to match up, they need him to play. I feel like the fact that BYU won the last two games without Eric Mika at all is a great thing because when he gets in foul trouble, and inevitably that will happen probably more than a few games this season, BYU is like, okay, we can still win games without Eric. Do you read much into that? Well, I think it's important. and They have learned to play without having to run everything through the post. And, and we saw when he was available earlier in the season, he'd get in foul trouble and go to the bench and the offense would get stagnant for period of, periods of time. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that now because they figured out how to play without him on the floor for full games, not just extended periods when he's on the floor with, or off the floor with fouls. So absolutely, I think this has been a benefit. You know, when you can learn lessons and win, that's always a huge bonus. You know, lots of times you say, well, we lost, but you know, we learned this about ourselves or we learned how to do that. It's a huge bonus to win a couple of games and to learn a little bit about your team and to get better. Blaine Fowler joins BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, as we look ahead uh, in WCC play, BYU uh, is just half a game back of second now. And last week we talked to you and you said you, you thought BYU would finish uh, with the number two seed going into Vegas. Portland beats Gonzaga. Uh, you know, Pepperdine loses to BYU. San Francisco's 4-2. and two. There's a little more parity than we thought, which is bad for the league, but but maybe good for BYU's chances of getting a good seed. How do you see yeah. stuff playing out uh, as we get into this a little deeper now that Gonzaga's lost to Portland? So you guys looked at me and you said... I thought you I were crazy. BYU, when I said BYU could be in the second seed with four losses, or even even you could win a championship um, or tie for one with four this year, you guys looked at me like I was a crazy man. Okay, now that, I always was, do. that was Jerem. That I always was do anyway. I, I was more supportive of that, Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think what's happened is the league's depth is much, much better. I, I don't think they're better at the top this year than they've been. I don't think this Gonzaga team is as good as some of the really good ones we've seen. I don't think St. Mary's is as good as they have been. Um, I think BYU is similar uh, to where they've been. If they can get Mika to be healthy and stay on the floor, I think that they can be better than they've been. But, but teams like Santa Clara, they're better than they've been. San Diego's better than they've been. You've got Pacific, who's a, a new team that's playing well. And so the middle of the league is much, much better. So the good teams are going to lose road games. That's why I'm thinking four is not that crazy. In the past, you know, Gonzaga would not lose a league game, or if they lost one, you'd be surprised. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose three games in the league this year. Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, you have a first-hand look at this BYU team. You have access to them that a lot of people do not enjoy. Dave Rose is an interesting read uh, because when they're winning and they're losing, he kind of always seems to be on this same even-kill type mentality. As the coach of BYU right now, with what you know about him and and how you know him, what is his mentality riding this three-game win streak? I think he's happy. You know, I, I saw him a little bit stressed, unusually stressed during that, that losing streak. He's a, he is a fierce, fierce competitor, and, and he's, he's quiet, so a lot of people don't see how competitive he is. He was a fierce competitor as a player. He, he continues to be a fierce competitor as a coach, but, but he has a way of just kind of keeping that inside, not letting his team see it, not letting the public see it, um, because he, you know, he has this philosophy which has been very good for this program, not getting too high with the wins and not getting too low with the losses. But I can tell you, during that losing streak, he was very demanding of these guys in practice. There, there was, they noticed, they absolutely noticed that there was an edge to what he was doing, and, and I think that they got the message. Um, but I've really respected over the years how he's been able to stay very level with, with what he said. And think about it. It, it was hard for us as broadcasters to stay level during Jimmer's senior year. I mean, that was crazy. But he never got too high during those when they were ranked up there in the top five. And he doesn't get too low when they lose two or three games. He just understands that things come around and all you can do is work. And, and I'll tell you what, that style has been very good for BYU as a head coach. And amazing that he has not lost, he had not lost three games in a row until this year. Blaine Fowler, we appreciate the time. But before you go, that was Hoops. 
And the countdown to Connecticut continues. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Countdown yeah. to Connecticut. 227. Only 227 days till Connecticut, Blaine. <laughs> we appreciate the time. You can watch Blaine tonight on True Blue, 830 Eastern. Blaine, thank you. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Oh, that is fantastic. I love that Blaine was live with us for that as well. Because you know he's counting down. <laughs> 227. <laughs> No one, hey, no one is counting down to Connecticut like BYU Sports Station. I will tell you that. Who had the most impressive performance in Saturday's BYU basketball win over LMU? That is our Twitter topic today. At Sporting SLC says Matt Carlino in the sixth man role, very Manu Ginobili esque. Oh, let's not bring Manu Ginobili into it. Facilitating the offense and active hands on D. He wasn't flopping. Come on. You call Manu a flopper? Oh my goodness! Don't even start with me. At p under why am I yelling? At p underscore Norton on who was who was the most uh, who had the most impressive performance? Glenn Mayberry. Glenn Mayberry is one of the refs. <laughs> p Norton, not a fan. There, there are some outspoken fans that sit behind us on press row that uh, will uh, not be named. That will go after this guy all game long. Poor Glenn Mayberry. Actually, not poor Glenn Mayberry. You brought, it on, you brought it on yourself. He's getting paid. You decided to be a ref, so deal with it. At Clark P. Nielsen just says two letters. KC. Kansas City. Kyle Collinsworth. Come on, Jerem. Yeah, I know. I know. At Bridger Hill. David Nixon comment, commentated us to victory. But Kyler, <laughs> Kyler, Carlino and Hawes also did their part, which reminds me of a tweet I got before the show in reference to this. Uh, that would be Harlino. <laughs> he kept us in the game in the first half and took over in the second. Harlino. I like it. Harlino combining for the win. They, they combined for 49 points or against LMU. Cause. <laughs> Harlino's better. <laughs> I like it. Up next is knocking off a number one ranked team. A big deal or no deal for a team like BYU Volleyball who's had so much success. We discuss... Next, this is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on B to the Y to the U Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out on a Monday after a winning weekend. Big show coming up for you tonight, Jerem. Absolutely. Junior quarterback Taysom Hill is in studio on True Blue tonight. What the men's basketball team has done to win three in a row. And who replaces All-American Ben Patch? It's tonight at 8.30 with Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler on BYU TV and BYU Radio. True Blue. You know why I love the the social media aspect of this show? Why, Spencer? The immediacy of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Here we go. At CVD6262 tweets in, Boy, struck a nerve with uh, Jerem Jordan on BYU Sports Nation by mentioning Manu Ginobili. This should be a regular event. Make it happen at Spencer. Ginobili! I I will. I didn't realize the disdain you had for Manu Ginobili. Not a fan. Not a fan. But if he's on your team, you love that guy. I don't want him on my team. Yes, you do. You're right. He's a champion. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Resetting some of our top stories and headlines, Tyler Hawes. Player of the Week, by the way. West official. Coast Conference Player of the Week. It has been a, uh, n- named. It's it's official and hard to argue that after 35 and a win over Pepperdine and 31 in a 23-point victory over LMU. Good grief. Eric Mika, uh, injured hip, uh, has little nerve issue there. He's hoping to play Thursday. Men's volleyball beating number 1-ranked Long Beach State Saturday in four sets. Taylor Sander rocking the hashtag BYUSN karma. More on that in a bit. Daniel Sorensen and Connie Akufriel, they're in Tampa Bay right now for the East-West Shrine game. That's Saturday at 4 Eastern on NFL Network. Check them out. We know that the Marriott Center is one of the toughest places to play in all of this beautiful land. According to StadiumJourneys.com, 2013 Top 100 Venues, the Marriott Center is ranked number 90. It's been around for a long time. It was rocking on Saturday night. The Spectrum, Utah State. Fifth best in college basketball, by the way. I have to I'd agree have to with agree. that. It's, it's good. I mean, a game there as not doesn't fit a ton of people, but it is so loud and raucous, and that fan base is incredible. I've seen, I guess, three games there, maybe four. BYU hasn't won one. It's ridiculous. It's time to win one. 
The opening game, by the way, is scheduled to be at Utah State next year. It's ridiculous. Bring it! Ben Bagley is loving life right now as we're talking about the Utah State spectrum. That is our producer. (laughs) We do this every once in a while, and I love this game. We call it Big Deal or No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Number one. Revenge taken. Yes! BYU takes down Pepperdine and LMU just eight to ten days, depending on how you want to look at it. So it's nine? After losing to those teams on their L.A. trip. For me, this is a very big deal because they did it without Eric Mika. BYU winning those games, they're 3-2 and two in conference, only one game out of first place. They won the last two without a game-changer in Eric Mika. That is a huge deal. To me, it's a big deal as well because you lost those two games on the road, and so you have to win those in conference for any chance of positive uh, vibes going forward, wins in the Win column to get a good seed going into Vegas. Number two. Carlino breaks out. This is another big deal for me because it's two games in a row that he's performed well. 28 points, 10 assists, two turnovers combined in the last two games coming off the bench as BYU's new sixth man. Don't know if this is going to last forever or if it's, if like I said, if it's going to be a permanent thing, whatever. Matt Carlino is crucial to BYU finding success this year. This is a huge deal to have Carlino with his confidence and his swag back. Hard to say that it's not a big deal because it is. 18 points off the bench. BYU needed it. He carried BYU in the first half. If the Cougars are hoping to win at St. Mary's and Gonzaga, they're going to have to have really good games from Matt Carlino. Big deal. Number three. One still short of a 3 by 5 Kyle Collinsworth is a really dynamic player. He's a stat stuffer. Yes, he is. I'm going to say no deal here, though, because it's the no, it's what he does. He's a point guard. He's a point forward. He's a good rebounder. So Kyle Collinsworth is a great player. That's not what we're arguing. We're arguing that he was one still shy of a 3x5. Now explain He's, what a 3x5 is. A 3x5 is getting three or more in five different statistical categories. So rebounds, points, blocks, steals. steals uh, assists. Assists. Okay? Yes, that... that is a great stat line, but because of what he does and how easy he makes it look, it's going to happen. Kyle Collinsworth is going to do that probably a couple of times in his BYU career. So I, I'm going to say it's not that big of a deal because he's just he's just good. It's like it's almost expected because he does so many different things. What? It's a big deal. Do you know how many times the three by five has happened in BYU history? One time. Somehow Rafael Araujo Hafa did it. That's a big deal. One more steal, and he had two in his hands at the end of the game. It, he, when was the last time they had a triple-double? Mike Smith, 1988. Yeah, that's a big deal. Kyle Collinsworth was one away from that. He guaranteed a triple-double. He's a stat stuffer. It's going to happen, and so it's great, but for Kyle, I don't think he's like, oh, it's a huge deal. It's not that big of a deal. Number four. Mika's hip. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this is a big deal because Eric Mika makes this offense go. Everything goes inside out, Jerem. Blaine Fowler told us that the offense all goes through the post, and BYU's had to find ways to win without him, but getting him healthy and getting him off injury is a big, big deal for BYU to have any chance of winning road games in the West Coast Conference. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it was no deal for the games over the weekend, Thursday and Saturday, but it's a big deal moving forward because the challenges will get bigger and tougher than LMU and Pepperdine. So, big deal. Number five. Karma for Taylor Sander. Oh, can can we take this to the next level? I mean, can this be like the biggest deal ever? Because it's real. (laughs) He was on the show Tuesday. Taylor Sander joins us Tuesday. We officially give him the BYU Sports Nation karma. And what do the Cougars do? After an 0-2 road start. Two wins. He had 38 kills in seven sets. 5.42 kills per set. That's really, really good. Knock off the number one ranked team in the country in Long Beach State. BYU Sports Nation karma is a huge deal. I love that we have this on-demand choir of like monks or something. <laughs> the Gregorian too. chant. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's a big deal. The fact that you get karma. The karma is a special thing. We don't hand it out to just anyone. Uh, and so, big deal. Sports Nation karma for Taylor Sand. Number six. A 14-3 and three record for women's hoops. They have 14 wins and nobody's talking about it. That's terrible. 
Give the team some respect. They have a chance to win 25-plus games. They're 14-3. and Why is nobody talking about BYU women's basketball? This is a big deal. They deserve some publicity, some credit. Jennifer Hampson playing with a broken nose. That's tough. They're a good basketball team. This is a big deal. I say no deal. The reason being, they... It feels with that record, it feels like BYU's elite, right? An elite women's basketball team. For at fourteen and three, they lost by twenty six to the best team in Gonzaga on the road. For BYU to be considered one of the elites in the conference, they've got some work to do. They're a good team, but you can't lose to Pacific at home, and you can't get destroyed on the road to Gonzaga. Pacific was a fluke. Any, it was my fault. Anytime a team makes fourteen three pointers or thirteen or whatever it was, it's a fluke. Why don't you just make nine or something to offset it? And no, nobody wins at Gonzaga. Come on. They'll take care of business at home. Which BYU men's basketball player had the most impressive performance in Saturday's win over LMU? We'll get some more of your tweets and a loaded Cougar Whip around plus today's Rise and Shout. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio 2 on the radio side of BYU Broadcasting. You know what time it is, Jerem? Whoops! That's right. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around <laughs> Men's Volleyball. Uh, you're uh, play, play the highlight. Back row to Sandler and now. The pick. Absolute thunder out of the back row. Is that what I sound like? Nice call, Jerem. After going 0-2 to start the season, BYU beat Northridge Friday and top-ranked Long Beach State Saturday. Huge win in the first two conference matches of the season. Taylor Sander leveraged his hashtag BYUSN karma for 38 kills in seven sets. He's also going to be player of the week in the MPSF. This week, BYU travels to Irvine. Huge match Friday and then Saturday at UC San Diego. Women's basketball. I still can't get over your whip sound. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies are 14-3 on the season. 4-2 in West Coast Conference play after a 7-point win at Portland. Big win after the Gonzaga loss. Jennifer Hampson had her 11th double-double of the season. BYU heads to San Diego Saturday. Another very good team. Listen to the game on BYU Radio at 4 Eastern. Cougars in in the the association. association. Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer scored, freaking Fredette. There we go. Scored 13 points and handed out three assists and a rebound while being plus 25 on the court. Listen to this. The Kings won by 44 over the Cavs. Jimmer's next game is Tuesday at Indiana. Cougars in the NFL. Only one. There's only one Ben Bagley, Jerem. That's true. So as much as you want to imitate the Cougars in the association, it's only it's only Ben. I know. Okay, in the NFL, Austin Colley caught a pass 15 yards in the Patriots' 21-point win against Indianapolis in the AFC Divisional Playoff. The Pats traveled to Denver, Mile High Stadium this week for the AFC Championship game. Over under one and a half catches against Denver for Colley. Over. Nice. I'll take the over, too. Track and field. The men and women's indoor teams hosted the BYU Invitation over the weekend. The women had nine first-place finishes. The men had 16 both teams will be breaking bad in Albuquerque Saturday for the New Mexico invitation. Tennis. BYU defeated Ben Bagley's Utah State Aggies 4-3 and Weber State 5-2 in the first two matches of the season. BYU heads to Navy Saturday and George Washington the next Tuesday. Who gets our rise and shout today, Jeremy? We're going dual rise and shout. Tyler Hawes and Taylor Sander for tremendous performances and route to leading their teams to victories over the weekend. Today's Rise and Shout, Tyler Hawes and Taylor Sander. Or in other words, Taylor Hawes or Tyler Sander. <laughs> On Twitter, at FRuiz801, he says, of course, at Jerem Jordan called it, meaning... Tyler Hawes would be the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Man, I went out on a limb. Hashtag the Oracle. That yeah. was crazy. 66 points over two games. <laughs> Thank you, Everuiz. You took, you took a Appreciate chance it. right there, Jerem. That's what I do. I take chance. Who had the most impressive performance in Saturday's BYU Hoops win over LMU? Let's head back to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At the GM11, have to give it to Carlino. Coming off the bench to play a big role in a blowout, shot the ball well, patient, and set up teammates 
with the hashtag BYUSN. BYU trailed at one. It could have been way worse if Carlina was not playing well. So, yeah, Carlina was huge. At uh, I do the rock Y. I do rock the Y. I do rock the Y. LMU head coach Max Good in the postgame said he doesn't know how to defend free throws. The Rock plays great free throw defense. Okay, <laughs> now you might laugh at that, but you talked about this during Saturday's yes. broadcast. The Rock prints a pamphlet like a fan guide it's that a includes free throw defense. A yeah. how-to manual on when to jump, free throw defense, yes. unifying chance, camping rules. Okay. <laughs> Everything is in there. Awesome. That's good. Credit to David Almodova and BYU Athletic Marketing. All those guys. Getting it done. At Joe Sorber, he says, bouncing back after a rough patch with 18 points, it's Carlino. So, again, Blaine brought this up. Blaine Fowler joined BYU Sports and he said, I'm almost expecting Tyler Haas to be great. And so, while it's easy to say, yeah, he was the most impressive player, and he's so talented, it's almost like... Who was the more impactful player? That's not the question, but young it's, blood. But it's the it's most impressive, and a lot of people are going with Matt Carlino. They are at Laser Sheep. Josh Sharp was fun to watch with early scoring and good hustle. He had six of uh, BYU's first eight. However, Tyler Haas was the most impressive. I am not yet desensitized. Tyler Haas is money. He likes to tease us with some misses early in games, but just so he can have something to work on. Hashtag clutch. Just when I say Tyler Haas isn't getting any love for most impressive <laughs> performance, here comes another one. At Nick Lee 51, Tyler Haas is starting to get into a groove. Starting. Watch out, WCC. Number 13 all-time BYU history. Past Jonathan Tavernar. JT. So tough. Okay. Final tweet coming in from at Rock the Y. Carlino, he stopped the bleeding in the first half and got the rest of the team believing again. Who was scoring when Tyler Haas and Kyle Collinsworth were on the bench? Matt Carlino, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Don't forget, tonight, True Blue, Taysom Hill in studio, 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV. Thanks to Blaine Fowler and everyone on our crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller, Spencer King, and of course the man with the magic fingers on the board, Aaron Evans. We call him the system. Check out our new BYU Sports Station Facebook page for show links and much more. Like and comment all you please. You can listen to episodes of our show on demand at BYURadio.org. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. It's a winning Monday, and you've just listened to BYU Sports Nation.